One of our major banks says Adrian Orr isn't done cranking up the OCR just yet. Of course, the Reserve Bank announced last week it would keep the OCR at 5.5 for the time being, but now Westpac is predicting another 25 basis point raise to 5.75% next month. Kelly Eckhold is Westpac's chief economist and is with us now, Kelda. Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Well, why do you reckon there's going to be another rise? Well, we're, we're still concerned that there's risks that it's going to be a harder job to get inflation to go all the way down from the very high levels they are now at about 6.7% annual all the way back down to 3% or less within the sort of 18-month time frame. The Reserve Bank really needs that to happen. Yeah, right. We're getting CPI numbers on Wednesday. So what are you expecting those to show? Well, we're, we're expecting the headline inflation rate to drop reasonably significantly because some of those historic increases in inflation driven by things like higher energy prices after the start of the Ukraine war and a lot of those supply chain impacts that really cranked up a whole lot of imported prices mm. are dropping out of the CPI now. Um, but, you know, underneath that, we still have a, a fair amount of what we call non-tradables domestically generated inflation. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's harder to bring down. Yeah, yeah. You say, you say you're say expecting it to come down reasonably significantly. So what do you think, a CPI at six or something like that? So we're looking at the, um, the annual inflation yeah. rate and the aggregate base would be at 5.9 for the year. Right. And so that's coming down almost a percentage point, basically, from read three months ago. I'm 36, right? So I, I, in my adult lifetime, for the very least, I have not experienced inflation, anything like we're experiencing right now. It just seems crazy that we're to, to be living in a time where, you know, annualised inflation of 5.9% through the CPI is good news. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean that's a reasonable perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's just, um, it just, you know, it, it seems extraordinary that you know, g- given what we've faced over the last few years, that would be good news. But like, you know, I suppose, I suppose it would be heading in the right direction. Like you say, though, it needs to come down a whole lot further and stay down, um, for the Reserve Bank to be breathing a sigh of relief. Talk to us then, um, a bit more about the differences between the tradable and um and non-tradable inflation, as you see, or, or impacts as you see it, because um. Like you say, uh, those you know offshore oil prices um, have come down significantly, but yeah, but but there are still some some serious pressures. There are serious pressures, you know, and probably to contrast that, if you look at our forecast non-tradables inflation, that mm. kind of stickier domestic bit, we still think that's going to be over six percent um, when these numbers come out on Wednesday. So we've got an annual rate of that is six point two percent. Yeah. And um, whilst the easy wins have sort of right been made on imported inflation, yeah. it's going to be a lot harder to get that 6.2 number down to something closer to three in a reasonable time frame. What is and driving like the wage pressures? Oops, yeah, sorry. Yep. sorry. Now, what's driving the non-tradables? Well, I mean, a lot of it is the the wage pressures in the mm. economy, which is driven by the the still very tight labour market. Unemployment rate is still sitting 3.4. There or thereabouts, very low. Wage inflation is running anywhere between 6 and 8%, depending on what you'd like to look at. And all of that flows through to firm costs, which then is flowing through into um, the general level of non-tradables inflation, you know, the costier haircut, all of those sorts of things. <laughs> God, it's, a, it's such a pickle, isn't it? I mean, you've got driving non-tradable, you have wage pressures. 
you have an unemployment at 3.4%, and yet you have significant, you know, really significant annualised migration that could be leading to further increases in the OCR. I mean, the, the Reserve Bank didn't touch the OCR last week. If they were going to put it up anyway, wouldn't they be better to do it earlier rather than later? In general, moving earlier is better than later, and indeed that has been the mantra that the Reserve Bank has emphasised in its communications for the last year or 18 months. Um, on this particular occasion, they seem to have taken a, a view that because they've done a lot of tightening so far that they've got some room to sit back mm. and look at the data and see how things go. And I guess the CPI this week and the uh, labour market report that will be coming in another couple of weeks are really important indicators to see just how easy that job is going to be. Yeah, yeah. What what role will the timing of the election play in OCR announcements in the coming months? I mean, typically, if you look at the history of the OCR, it's much less likely that the Reserve Bank moves interest rates in the sort of three months or so before an election, either up or down. Yeah. But it, it, it does happen sometimes, and, and basically it's because, I mean, the, whoever wins the election in, in, in a few months' time, the Reserve Bank has still got the same job, which is to manage inflation. Yeah. So it's not really in their interest to sit there and not do anything if they think there's something that they need to do. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're predicting at the moment a 5.75 come next month. Is that the peak, do you think, for the OCR, or could it go higher? Well, we have, we have that as our peak in interest rate for now, but everything is conditional on how the data evolves in the next year or so. And as I sort of suggested, there is a bit of a risk here that it takes a bit longer for inflation to go all the way down. Our forecasts have it back within the band in 18 months' time, but that's all going well. And unfortunately, yeah. everything doesn't always go well. What would be the impact of 5.75 next month? Well, that would be a, um, a modest increase in market interest rates. I mean, financial markets have already got a reasonable probability of an increase in the OCR to around that level, perhaps not in August, but certainly yeah. by the end of the year. So you would expect some kind of like impact on interest rates. Um, for that, perhaps some impact on the exchange rate as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we're going to have CPI figures for, for, for three months. In your role, Kelly, how, how difficult is that? What difference would it make if you had monthly CPI figures, for example? Well, more information is always better than less in our game. And, you know, certainly a lot of other countries have monthly CPIs, which provide you a little bit more information. Typically, those sort of indicators are a bit more volatile, so you have to work a little bit harder to distill the kind of signal from the noise. Mm. Um, and I would also say that, you know, probably some other indi- uh, more uh, reliable monthly indicators, like a faster GDP number, mm. um, maybe kind of like monthly labour market indicators would also be really valuable in terms of trying to work out where the economy is. Yeah. Hey, thanks for your time, Kelly. Really appreciate it. That is Westpac's Chief Economist, Kelly Eckholt. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.